0: Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, finally a podcast about movies. Each week, I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas.
1: Uh, We should probably talk about the uh, best supporting actor, which was the
2: mustache on Michael Bean's face,
0: and writer, poet Protolexis.
2: I confused it with the sphere. And then, like, once it started, I was like, where is Samuel L. Jackson? Like, what is going on right now?
0: As we discuss a recently watched movie. This episode, it's Jim Cameron's 1989, The Abyss. Enjoy. Here's, here's just real quick. Yeah. Proto Proto was just telling me this. The movie podcast space is ripe for disruption. <laughs> yeah. He was telling me this offline. I did a, I did a cursory glance. I don't think there are any movie podcasts.
2: I've never listened to one.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen any. Here's the deal. I'm excited about this podcast, mainly because we have such vastly differing movie opinions. I can't think of any movie that we've all three of us agreed on. It's usually like two people love something and then one one person hates it. Mm. Or like, you know, there's. I don't think there's ever been a, a singular movie. I thought it was going to be one movie that came out this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to bring up the name, but it's The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. That I mean, almost tore us
2: apart. It has torn, torn us apart. To speak frankly. We're like a movie opinion dyad, the three of us.
0: <laughs> My dear Kylo, there's one thing he doesn't know. It's that you're both a dyad. Really? We're a dyad. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have to talk about Rise of Skywalker. I'm just throwing it out Not there as yet. an example. You two Not loved yet. it. You two adored it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, some kind of mythical spiritual experience.
2: You know, um, I have a I actually have a secret that I haven't shared with anyone oh about that movie. Um, oh my god! And it's—it's it's not time to reveal it. I—I can't, I can't. Oh no! Right now, but eventually, it, it's going to blow your tops when I tell you. Let's just say I had to go to the bathroom and I missed <laughs> a scene. No. <laughs> no.
0: I don't even know how to take that. There's one. There the one connected part of that is I think we've all written reviews for The Rise of Skywalker on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And I think we started getting Danny into letterboxed when we started pushing you to like start watching some classic horror movies. Yeah. Do you that it was like a yeah, couple yeah. months ago. You started watching the thing and alien. Yeah. That was uh,
1: amazing. And it was mine. It, it, it opened my eyes to how irrational I was being to horror movies. I'm trying mm. to pull it up now, but yeah, pull. Them I off. mean, I'm thinking about the thing. I, uh, what a beautiful movie! I loved Your every. Beard is of starting
0: to look like Kurt Russell's beard in the thing.
1: It's, it's what I've strived for. <laughs> if only my hair could do that, you know.
0: Do you remember in the beginning of the thing where he loses that game of chess to the computer, and then <laughs> oh. he destroys the computer? The oh only like game <laughs> in that entire outpost, he destroys it with like liquor. Oh. Idiot!
2: Just shows the rage that he had inside of him. <laughs>
0: He that was is a maybe pretty angry
2: person. top five endings for me, though, that movie. That was like the most mm-hmm. satisfying ending. I didn't realize
0: that that was a remake until my dad told me. What? Yeah. So that's the kind of like lack of knowledge you're going to get with this podcast. We don't know <laughs> it all. I didn't know the thing was a remake, but we're going to push forward together.
2: We're learning. We're all growing together. You know, we're going to do James Bond marathons. Oh, God. I can't.
0: There's some backstory. Uh, Danny and I are doing a, a marathon of all the James Bond movies in advance of the new movie. And I don't know if I can do it anymore. I've hit the a roadblock. Moore... <laughs> <laughs> the Roger Moore movies, when I was growing up, people were like, oh, are you a Roger Moore person or a Sean Connery person? Honestly, mm-hmm. I think Roger Moore is dreadful as James Bond. His movies are oh, trash.
1: I can't even get to Roger Moore. I'm stuck on Lazenby. You've been I can't stuck make on it, that
0: movie for four I weeks. I can't get through that movie. It's so bad. Purt, what's your favorite James Bond movie?
2: Probably the one that hasn't been made yet because I don't like any of them. <laughs> oh so i'm gosh. still I'm still waiting for the James Bond movie that's gonna hit the sweet spot for me. No, wow. I yeah, I saw two of the recent ones in theater, and I was so angry. and the I just. Fall. Know, yeah, um, I just realized that they're they're not for me. They're just not for me, mm. and that's okay. Because I don't have to love everything. Wow! How many bathroom breaks did you take? I I'm like a professional pee holder, so the fact that um, I had to you know get up and go was pretty embarrassing, especially at that moment. You know, this is my this is my virgin v- uh, voyage with Rise of Skywalker, and here I am getting up. You know, when uh, uh, Force Ghost Luke is appearing. Oh, oh no. Yeah. That's the scene? Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. I missed that whole scene. Oh, I beautiful talk about, scene. I don't even want to talk about that scene.
0: So have you seen... You haven't seen that scene yet? I haven't seen <laughs> that scene. I haven't seen that scene. But it's a perfect movie. I wonder if that movie. would have changed the Letterbox star rating yeah. at this point, if you had been there. Yeah, <laughs> Because we've had a lot of debates about that scene and a, and a conversation specifically that yeah. takes yeah. place in there. I
2: don't know there. if there's been yeah. an actual debate. And, well, mm-hmm. listen, you can, you can <laughs> fake it till you make it. I've been just faking that. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, love that scene.
0: <laughs> loved it. Maybe just one other piece of news before we get into The Abyss, which we haven't even mentioned yet. The Abyss 1989 is our, is our pilot episode movie. I just got breaking news over the wire before we hit record that the Obi-Wan... TV series is on hold (gasps) indefinite hiatus fresh from collider.com Netflix. It's fine.
1: Tanya, your your thoughts
0: on OB maybe on the shelf for a long time.
1: That's okay. It's okay. I think, uh, I think I, I read that Kathleen was worried about the scripts. And so I think they're pulling back from six to four episodes. Oh my God. Uh, so we'll see.
2: Maybe Just, they saw a uh, an early cut uh, Birds of Prey with Ewan, and <laughs> they're like, let's pump the brakes. Let's pump them a little bit.
1: That or his uh, performance in that season of Fargo.
0: I've never I've seen been. Fargo. The movie or the TV series. Are we doing <laughs> Fargo? <laughs> <laughs> Just at all? Never. Oh, it man. was always on like the shelf of the video store I worked at, but it was like, yeah. I'll get to tell us about
1: this video store.
0: Oh God, How was the greatest job I've had or ever will have. No offense to my current employers, but I worked at West Coast Video around the year 2000. It was around when DVDs were starting to be hot and heavy. I think my first week Vanilla Sky came in on DVD, so it was around 2000 2001. And it was so early that like we weren't even sure how to how to market DVDs next to the VHSs. We had like two different, I think we like combined them at first. So like you found the movie and there was a DVD and a VHS and then we split them apart at a certain point or vice versa. So I had space balls on all the time. Oh my gosh. That was when I learned that like space balls, if it had modern rate MPAA would have been rated R, but it was rated like G back then when it came out, (laughs) because they didn't have an R, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So I would get yelled at for having space balls on at the the store.
1: How many, how many worked with
0: you? There's like four people that worked there. Oh man. We had That's like insane. five executives that had like a back area. They all have like big ass <laughs> offices. <Why are> they <laughs> doing <It> like, <laughs> I had no idea. But he had like James Bond posters in his office. We never interacted with them. They had like a manager who was the go-between who um what I always got annoyed like at.
1: Some uncut gem sitch. This is
0: how I win. <laughs> <laughs> we had um my issue, so people would like, back then, late fees, like, maybe there's some young yeah. people listening to this, they have oh. no idea what a late fee is. You return a movie a couple weeks late, you could have like $128 in late fees.
2: <laughs> yeah, second mortgage, you're <laughs> now
0: a producer on the film. I didn't like cutting breaks on people. They, I knew there's some repeat offenders, but then this mm. manager go between to be like, oh, don't worry about it. Wipes the slate clean right in front of me.
2: In How front are they going to learn
0: God? Emasculating me. You Yeah. That's how the Joker's created.
2: I have some amazing memories going to the, uh, my. I went to a Blockbuster. I was a Blockbuster yeah, boy. Blockbuster boys. And uh, man, I would just go in there and I just wanted to like, it's it's kind of like <laughs> when you go on a, a streaming service now and you just like look at stuff and not watch anything. You know, that's what I would mm, do at Blockbuster. Mm. You just like browse, just looking at the covers. Mm.
1: God. I remember walking in and looking for one of the new releases and all that was there was the empty shell Mm. of uh of the preview box but nothing was behind it to rent oh yeah yeah the feeling of it being rented out sold out
2: who are I these think I remember sickos re- going in at 9 a.m <laughs> renting a movie it just came out
1: i think i remember being devastated that batman 89 was gone oh There probably wasn't a blockbuster then maybe
0: should we do an episode on batman
1: 1989 mm. my god the greatest, the greatest the best Joker. batman movie Arguably. I
0: mean, inarguably. Mm-hmm. Uh we also had an adult section in my video store with like saloon yeah. doors. So you always hear <laughs> someone like going back there. The local <laughs> was dentist was there. a a um was a purchaser of the adult films. So that Interesting. was that skeeved people out a little what bit. Were the
1: late fees on adult films?
0: <sighs> I don't yeah, remember. I right? I feel like the adult film renters always brought those back on time. <laughs>
1: no one was getting, they just wanted to move
0: on to the next one. Did
1: you walk out with a bunch of cardboard cutouts of people and posters? and
0: <laughs> Um, I think, swag? I, I think I had a halo Two cardboard <laughs> one where he's like on one knee and he was dual wielding. Remember that, yes. po- that cover?
1: Are we opening a VHS store right now?
0: I I'll tell you what VHS village. Let's let's get into business together. Once this podcast takes off as the very first and most popular movie podcast,
2: Gimlet's going to be kicking themselves. all right
0: 1989 the abyss never seen this movie james cameron (gasps) jim cameron i've always seen that famous shot of like that water snake face does anyone have the uh want to give an outline of the movie i have the wiki outline of the description
2: are you like a synopsis yeah synopsis uh the abyss let's see so um it's about a uh, a a crew of an experimental mining rig that's submerged the ocean floor and can move about. Uh, and then it's called into duty by, I think the Navy when a nuclear sub is, I don't know what it is. Scuttled s- sinks to the bottom of the ocean and they're the only mm-hmm. ones capable of, uh, helping out. So, they are uh kind of really forced into it by the navy and they have some navy seals come along help out um they encounter some otherworldly creatures down there possibly um and then uh they also have a run-in with these navy seals one of them goes a little nuts they uh repurpose a nuclear warhead to uh, attempt to destroy The uh, sub, once the first uh, plan falls apart, and then really all hell breaks loose. Um, And then our, our hero, Bud, in the end, pulls it out with a victory. Ed Harris.
0: Inarguably. Legend.
2: Is this his
1: best film ever? Oh my god. His performance in this blew my mind. There's 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 at least two scenes that I could easily say are some of my favorite scenes I've seen all year. Mm. 2020,
0: yeah. There's that particular you know? scene that I want to just gush over. Maybe we we hold on to it. I think we are we're we all gush at it. least we're two of us are in love with that scene. Judging by our own historical love. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to point out: I'm smitten with the way Proto pronounces nuclear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if we could get that on the soundboard, if
0: we could get that to the show soundboard uh, as soon as we're done recording, that would be tremendous. Um, so, yeah, I'd never seen this movie. Have you guys seen it before this week? I had not
1: No, I actually never heard of it until it was recently brought up.
0: <laughs> I had,
1: I, I that have seen it before. You, really? I had never heard of it. Oh my! God. <laughs> I actually assumed. Actually, yes, I'm gonna say I has heard of it, but I never had any idea what this movie was about. Have you ever heard I of assumed Cameron it was, before this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it was something a lot more horror, I guess, with the title of The Abyss. Mm. And I did not expect what we watched. Wow.
2: I think I've seen this twice before. Um, but when, we were, when I was going in to watch it, I could not really place what happens. Um, mm. And I mentioned this to you to this uh to you guys this off off air that um i confused it with the sphere and at some point these two movies combined in my mind um (laughs) and then like once it started i was like where's samuel jackson like what is going on right now like is he coming in like halfway through the movie and then like i googled it real quick i was like i just looked at his imdb he's like he must have been in some other movie and then i found the sphere um that's interesting, your take on Ed Harris, because I feel like he fluctuated between uh, an amazing performance and like phoning it in. Uh, mm. I just did not buy the the calm that he had throughout this whole movie. It's like, dude, you're in, you're at the bottom of the ocean in a experimental rig that is half flooded. There is a psychotic Navy SEAL who wants to use use a nuke, like right next to you and he's all like all right everybody just can we just calm down can we just like you know all, let's all just take a breath like he's like he has like no pulse and i'm like is that mm-hmm, like yeah. supposed to be his character or is he just like mm. not even care in the scene but then there's other scenes where he's like screaming at the top of his lungs um yeah like giving like an amazing performance and i just felt like it was like very like one like either it was like it was two extremes of like him like not showing any emotion or he was like at the the, the zenith of, of what he could mm. deliver mm. The, could,
0: I guess you could say he was calm for the most part but then that uh resuscitation scene could have been where he finally lets it out because like, was, was there a scene before he does that resuscitation scene where he kind of like freaks out I don't remember one
2: yeah I guess even like where he's trapped in the flooded room with his ring on the door. Like, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. he's still oh. pretty calm there as well. You might be right. That's You like just great. have to keep your cool. I, I think like he that's, knows that.
0: that's the gist of it.
2: I feel like there's another scene where he, like, was yelling, but I can't, I can't there remember. There was a
0: scene where I wanted him to freak out, and he didn't, is when Michael Bean, the psychotic Navy guy, has his ex-wife, um, is her oh. name? Lindsay? No, it's not. Yeah, yeah Lindsay. Lindsay. And he essentially, like, has her at gunpoint. And he doesn't freak the F out and just snap Michael Bean's neck. He like rings the alarm. Oh yeah. (laughs) Just to get everyone (laughs) in the room behind him. And then he like grabs her. I thought that was a very strange reaction to that. So we watched the special edition, which is nigh three hours. Um, And I had no idea that the theatrical was like two hours and 20 minutes. And that what the one of the big scenes. So at the end, if you haven't seen it, you know, obviously, fast forward, I guess. Um, but at the end, where the so he meets up with the beings under the water and mm-hmm. is rescued by them. So the version we saw, um, which is a special edition, the aliens or the beings revealed to him that like we can control the water. So we've just brought the waves around every coast on the on the American seaboard. We'll destroy everyone unless you back off your Cold War with Russia. And the end. Uh, then they, like, re- they like, they kind of, like, retreat. They, like, realize that, like, okay, maybe we should slow down here and not stop destroying the planet. In the theatrical version, that never happens. They rescue him and they play back his message to his ex-wife where he said, like, I love you, wife. And that's why they saved him. And then they, they raise up the ship to the water and that's it. So, like, the Cold War angle is, like, way less so in the theatrical version. There was a
1: point where... Um we were I, I don't know when it got to i think it i'm not sure but i felt like it was over and then i looked at the time and we
0: still had 40 minutes left <laughs> this movie
1: <laughs> and i was so confused on what else could happen <laughs> yeah i think I so much he, had already happened
0: yeah when he saved her life i thought that was the end of the movie to be
1: honest. i think that's what was it i think that was it and i actually thought she was gonna die i mean that, that was there was a point there where i was like this is amazing
0: yeah, that scene that, is so well crafted. Oh my god, I was yeah. tearing up for sure.
2: Like when he gives up, and you're like, "Oh, she's dead," and he's like, "Not like this." Oh man, that's that's amazing. Oh. Zapper
1: again, do it, charge it, do it! Charge it, Come
3: on, baby, clear. Come on, baby, clear.
1: Come on, breathe baby
3: God damn it, breathe God damn it, you bitch You never backed away from anything in your life Now fight, fight, fight Right now, do it Fight, God damn it Fight. Fight, fight, fight I said Lindsay. i said Lindsay, you can do it that's it Lindsay. come on back baby
0: come on yeah he's like you've never quit on anything in your life and he's like <laughs> freaking out and he slaps her oh my god yeah. that was unreal that so hard. Oh god. i thought the cgi was actually like i thought the majority of the movie held up amazingly like even the water being when they get in the ship like mm-hmm. you could say that that was modern day cgi
1: yeah, yeah. that's what, um, <clears throat> when I watched some of the making of, uh, ILM had to actually create new technology to create that, um, that water type uh, tubular hmm. being uh, for them. And they showed uh, how they were using like air duct um, piping for the actors to work with since nothing was going to be there at all. Wow, and it was pretty fascinating because ILM had to digitally like laser scan both Ed Harris's and I think Mary Mary Elizabeth Mary Mm -hmm. her face, and it was such new technology that it was blowing people's minds. And a lot of the uh, I know you said the CG was really well, but the um, the aliens underwater were puppets and fully almost animatronic puppets that they were submerging. And that's how they got the, like, uh, butterfly-looking wings to, like, flap like that. Because mm-hmm. they, they were puppets underwater. Wow. It was pretty wild to see how they did it. And, I mean, to keep going on the making of stuff, yeah. um, they, so they built the whole rig in a old um, nuclear uh, unfinished, like, silo that hold like 7 million tons of water. And so they, they built the rig and then fully filled the thing with water and then filmed everything underwater. So they all had to oh, have wow. scuba certification. And even to the point of creating the helmets and the masks for this film and the backpacks, uh, it all had to be made for this movie. There it had None of that had been made yet. To be able to talk and to film theatrically underwater – this was the first time it ever happened, which is mind blowing uh, that someone like James Cameron was the one to start this as well.
0: He said, I think he said, I watched like two minutes of that documentary, but the thing he's like, if I can't create what 2001 did for space, Oh. underwater then i felt like what a lofty yeah. expectation uh, right. for a
2: for an underwater film that was really crazy quote. i definitely had like 2001 vibes though watching it. especially mm-hmm. like the end scene with um the creature guiding him down that felt like it just like that was like an homage directly mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. 2001 like at the end where you know he's like traveling through um through space Uh, that just felt like he was like saying like you know 2001 is amazing um yeah the thing i i found this article where it was talking about um james cameron and the cg uh that was made by ilm and that ilm had one day's notice that james cameron was coming to the office so they said like can you guys whip up something for him to oh show him tomorrow <laughs> so it's like oh article. that's amazing yeah like they just they just like you know went uh like cranked it out like all right it's something with water and it's a creature let's throw something together and it's it's what we see in the movie uh and when he came into the office yeah he was like blown away and loved it but they had one day to like mock something up for him i thought that was pretty nuts
0: Wow. one day on 1989 computers that must have <laughs> the amount of work involved the is, sound of those fans oh my
1: god yeah it said those people it said
2: ilm had a total of 900 megabytes of storage for the entire computer <laughs> graphics department <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know like how they made anything i don't get it
0: <laughs> yeah when i see Nine those documentaries work. on like steve jobs and pixar like, how are they doing anything back there on com- back then on computers? It doesn't make any sense to me how it was accomplished. I took a few notes just from the Wikipedia, which I guess did you finish the whole documentary or no? No, no, no. I still probably had i don't know forty minutes left. Ed Harris and Mary Elizabeth and Michael Bean pretty much all have said publicly it was the worst filming experience of their entire lives making this movie yeah,
2: see yeah
1: even uh there were points where um uh James was. Uh, if we can call him James by his first name, he was um, saying it was a nightmare scenario, the whole thing from beginning to end. And there were points where I know when I going back to talking about that silo, they filled, they would be filming and pipes would burst. And there were moments where uh, at any moment, the whole thing could flood out all the water that they'd filmed in it. And there was no coming back from that if it happened. So even during filming, any any moment, they it, all the water could have been gone, which is wild to think that they still went forward and did it. Ugh. Yeah, everyone said it was a nightmare a scenario. Six months they
0: were filming this movie. There's one. Yeah. I, I, I cut out one paragraph. Um, there's this there's a plot of the movie where there's like oxygenated liquid that you apparently can breathe. Mm. Instead of you know just regular oxygen, and they they showed it on a mouse, and then Ed Harris's character actually, his in the movie he did it. His his like tank was full of this liquid, and he had to breathe it in. Um. So according to which is always true, Wikipedia, Ed Harris actually did not breathe the fluid. He held his breath inside a helmet full of liquid while being towed thirty feet below the surface of a large tank <laughs> like what <laughs> Like, are you kidding me i would be like that's amazing jim yeah, let's not <laughs>
1: let's not kill our lead actor
0: oh my god like maybe maybe ilm could just cgi in the liquid instead of uh there's this other this other part which i thought was insane um actors played their scenes at 33 feet too shallow a depth for them to need decompression and rarely stayed down for more than an hour at a time cameron and the 26 person diving crew sank to 50 feet and stayed for five hours at a time to avoid decompression sickness they would have to hang from hoses halfway up the tank for as long as two hours breathing pure oxygen what like (laughs) How do these people not just go out of their minds filming yeah, this movie?
1: One of the things they showed about uh, the water, too, was um, it started to get less filtered. And so it was becoming less and less clear to shoot uh, the film in. So mm-hmm. they had to dump more and more chlorine into the water. And the actors were fine because their heads were covered. But the the divers that were helping them and the, the film crew, their, the hair and their skin started coming off. <laughs> and then their, all their hair started bleaching blonde as well because of the amount of chlorine in the water which is just unreal that they still worked in these
0: conditions i can't even imagine waking up and being like well all right i'll see you down there guys for the next (laughs) 10 12 hours the the scene that we were talking about earlier which is that amazing ed harris scene where he's bringing mary elizabeth back to life that scene where he's yelling down and like being Mm -hmm. physical with her to, to try to bring her back to life she wasn't even there on set she walked off earlier because she couldn't take the conditions that day she was over
2: it you know that scene is great but man the scene before that when they're in this yeah. the, the yeah. submersible oh. and it starts like you see it when like it springs a leak and there's no water in it and it's just like you see it the whole part of it where it fills all the way to the top and they're running out of time and they have to come up with solution and she's like freezing and I, I, I couldn't remember what happened. I'm like, what like I, I knew I knew that she was gonna be like revived later, but I was like, what happens here? And like the way he's like, you know, you're smart, come up with something. Um and then like she comes up with that this crazy plan that, you know, let me crazy. drown and then the shot of him dragging her back. There was like so many beautiful shots in this movie, like underwater. Mm with like mm-hmm. the like the strong contrast of like like just being in like the pitch black darkness of the ocean but then just like the lights of the rig shining and yeah. he's like towing her behind him oh my god that that whole sequence was amazing it's yeah an amazing and that's yeah. what
1: I wanted to bring up that's the other time where he loses it as well mm. cuz to the point where once she finally drowns he l- like screams oh, and i really, really felt that Like, that That was was amazing. I love that scene so much. It was, I mean, A, to watch someone drown on film is bonkers uh, to even think about. But watching her perform and then watching him react to once she finally drowns, it's like, I mean, I had the chills. It was crazy. I think that's why it kind of solidified this idea that this might be my favorite Ed Harris movie.
0: Mm. How about right after that, too, he reverts back to the calm... Yeah. Captain, right. where he's he's towing her, and he like radios his team about what he needs in like thirty oh, seconds yeah. to bring her back to life. And he, there is like no amount of stress in his voice. He doesn't even yell at his team. He's just like calmly telling them, "I need X, Y, and Z now. Get ready." <laughs> While he's dragging her lifeless, her body. dead body behind him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> also, can you imagine just filming that scene? Like, I know it's a yeah. movie, but like, how many times did they have to film that? Mm. And like I would be losing my s if I had to be her and oh, I have to do that scene where I almost drown and I have like a yeah. three inch gap of actual air to breathe. Oh yeah. great. I can't wait. Well,
1: um, I can answer that for you cause I watched Tell it me. and
0: it's amazing.
1: So they actually had her underwater with, uh, Ed and they had uh, the, um, scuba oxygen in her mouth. And so they would go to the starting point and they would say action and he's just, carry like they'd pull the scuba away from her she'd hold her breath and uh he'd start swimming barking the orders barking the orders and they'd cut they'd swim back down her real quick put the scuba back in her mouth or whatever you want to call it the nozzle but they would stay underwater as cameron would watch the film he had a he had a screen underwater he'd they'd roll back the footage and then he'd say that looked great we need to try it again and then he'd direct how she needed to leave her lifeless body so like he's like we can barely see your face our hair's getting in the way late like this and he's like throwing his head back
3: oh and telling God. her
1: how to like so that he can see your face more in that scene so they would roll it again and they'd swim back and it's just like it's unreal what they did to film this
0: i might have to watch this making up i do i do really enjoy seeing directors actually direct on set yeah. like i feel like that's a missing piece unless you seek out some of these kind of like i mean this making up documentary came out like that year. It's on like VHS quality on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise you have to pay for a YouTube masterclass to see, you know, Scorsese direct someone on a set or Ron Howard. And that's it. Yeah. The parts where they first see the beings underwater. If I was them and I was that deep underwater, I would just assume that it's just some kind of weird underwater species that no one's ever seen before. I don't even think I would think it would be like an alien being at that point. Yeah. I actually knows what's down
2: there. I thought it was kind of weird that it was like the whole alien angle. I actually didn't like that. I would prefer if it was just like, it was just like beings that evolved in the ocean, like at the bottom of the ocean. Mm. And they've just lived Mm. down there this whole time. Like the whole angle that they're aliens who like came here and like, they wanted like a, you know, a a cold place with like a lot of pressure and that's why they're in the ocean. I thought like that wasn't really necessary. You could just say like, I don't know. They're, they're from earth. We just never knew about them because they were so deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like
1: maybe because we saw the three hour version, there were points where I forgot that the alien aspect was a part of the movie. So I like forgot that that was like, even like, there's so much going on with Michael beans character with the warhead and him losing his mind and dealing with that scenario. And then, you know, the hurricane hitting and the, the crane falling and the, that amazing shot of the tether, like pulling them slowly down that cliff face i mean you get to the point where you're forgetting i even forgot that there was an alien aspect to this movie
2: that's a great scene with the tether yeah the crane coming down like just the thought of that like you're waiting for this (laughs) giant crane to come down it's like well it could land on us and just kill us all yeah uh or we could get lucky Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it was shot really cool. Like they, and they hear it hit the thing. And then you, as you see it go over the ledge and it's just slowly, that rope is getting shorter and shorter and it's pulling him towards the
2: ledge. I loved that shot. Yeah. That when you, uh, the, the shot where you see the crane up on the ship, I was wondering if yeah. that was like stop motion because it, 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 mm. there was something about it that like, it looked a little off. Um Yeah, maybe. And I thought like maybe that could, I I tried to find out, but there wasn't any info that mm -hmm. I could find. They built models
1: of like scaled models of the, one of the, um, like the carry, like the barred ship that they were on. It was like a 30 foot model compared to the ship. And they were doing something to like to film that in the ocean instead of an actual ship. So I wonder if I didn't get far enough in the documentary. I wonder if they built a model of that oil rig too.
0: Mm. Jim Cameron's string of movies at this point. So he just got off of Aliens.
1: Yeah, this, this was sandwiched in between Aliens and Terminator 2, which is wild to me.
0: I'm looking on the the Always Correct Wiki. Abyss had a box office of 90 million. Terminator 2: Judgment Day had a box office of 519
2: million. <laughs> this movie gave me actually a, a lot of Avatar vibes. Um, yeah, for kind sure. Kind of in the way like that the story unfolds, but then also just I think just the attention to detail that James Cameron gives. Well, even like what you're describing from that doc of like how they used, um, like I mean, it's all shot actually underwater, and then mm-hmm. like the even the sounds of them inside the rig. Like there were so many sounds, and like the way the the crew interacted with the rig, where it didn't feel like oh, here's like a cookie cutter, you know, submarine um, set that we'll use. Um, it, it felt like unique and that like, especially Ed Harris's character, it just felt like he had lived there for years. Like he knew it intimately and all the characters did. Yeah. Like it just felt like the world felt so alive and so well thought out. Um, and and that's what I like love about Avatar too. And I, I guess like the advantage of that is that like, James Cameron, he takes you to a place that you're uh, you're kind of familiar with, but it's different. So, like, this is an experimental rig underwater. So, we kind of have an idea of what like living underwater might look like with a submarine. But he can kind of do whatever he wants. And then even like with Avatar, where it's like, all right, this is like in the future, and there's airplanes and and you know helicopters and guns and stuff. But he changes it so that it feels unique. So there's like familiarity, but then uh, he makes it a little different, but so that Like it gives it like a guise, um, so that it feels so authentic, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I I love yeah, I love like the sound design in this, but man, I felt like the music was terrible. Like anytime there was like any kind (laughs) of audio, like the Michael Bean, like the Navy SEAL character, how there was like the drums following him. Oh god, it was so corny. Why was that? Why? (laughs) Terrible. How about every character? Calling Lindsay a bitch. Did you guys pick up on that? <laughs> they hated her. My yeah, they really. God. The moment
1: she steps off the helicopter, they are calling her a bitch.
2: Yeah, and it's not even like, oh, that bitch. It's like malicious. Starting with her husband. Like, yeah, oh, I <laughs> hate her. You know, like they yeah. all hate her guts, and then like call her that. Yeah. It just felt like it's like James. We get it. We get it. But then I did love at the end where she calls herself the cast iron bitch. That was a great oh, line.
0: Yeah, yeah, she. There was another line too. I had it up earlier, but she's like, "People don't appreciate the the hard work and sacrifice it goes into making yourself a cold hard bitch," <laughs> or something like <laughs> something like that. It was a really good line. There's a couple good uh, lines in here. Um, that I see if I wrote down the one. Ed Ed's character had one that I really liked. Uh, when you're hanging on by your fingernails, you don't go waving your arms around. That oh, wasn't that kind of. <laughs> that speaks to his calm character in, the, in those moments. Keep your
2: on. How many times <laughs> do you hear about the pantyhose? My God, <laughs> <laughs> he said that like six times.
0: Keep your pantyhose on. <laughs> what year? What year do you think Ed Harris started going bald? Twenty? I've never he seen him. Born, with
1: hair. He was born. He just born bald. Balding when he <laughs> came out the
2: womb. Never grew. He hair. started then. <laughs> He was like, he's been like 55 for 30 years. I think
0: (laughs) those blue eyes though, there was a a couple other scenes I thought were really beautiful when she sees the beings and her whole outlook shifts. Like she, she Mm -hmm. realizes she made contact with something and she tries to talk Ed into believing her. Um, and she describes it. She, she even describes it as like a machine. She knew it was something otherworldly. She called it like a dance of light. You have to trust me. Um, I don't know how I know that it's just a feeling. And he says, no, he like, you thought that they were going to have like this connection moment, like halfway through the movie. And he's just like, I I can't, I can't do it. And from the the next few scenes after that, she's kind of like on this chase. Um, And I think when she sees the water being, there's this one really cool shot where it's darkness and she uses this blue light to illuminate ahead of her. And it just lights this one side of her face with that blue orb. I thought it was gorgeous. Mm, Yeah.
1: Uh, we should probably talk about the uh, best supporting actor, which was the mustache on Michael Bean's face. Oh my god! Six that months cho- of that. Who chose who chose that for him? I hope it was him. <laughs> Prototypical it Navy Seal.
2: Is that even code? Can a Navy Seal have a mustache? Like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a violation.
0: Uh, I do have a Michael Probably. Bean reference to the shooting time. Michael Bean also grew frustrated by the waiting. He claimed that he was in South Carolina for five months and only acted for three to four weeks. There was a point
1: in the documentary where uh, Cameron said he wouldn't let the uh, actors leave the set, even
2: if they weren't acting. <laughs> My God! Oh, I was just, there was a line that I loved. I don't know for whatever reason this like had me cracking up, and I just re- I rewanted re- re- it a couple times. But like when the crane. Uh, falls the guy up on the boat He just like he like puts his Inflection in his voice where he's like <laughs> We lost the crane it's on its Way down to you <laughs> like, He just goes in like this weird mode Like speaking over the intercom I was just dying and laughing <laughs>
0: You can't oh, okay. see it, but Proto's sure. head is arched at like a forty-five <laughs> degree angle. What he you? Yeah. we have a voicemail. If you if you have seen the movie, we're gonna link to a letterbox list that kind of lays out our our potential list of movies, so you can watch along in advance. But the number is two six seven four zero nine six nine eight three. You can find a link in the show notes. So I put the call out to um special guy. You know, in in our in our circles, he's been called a VP of merch the silver fox uh he's one he's my co-host on uh various paper keg radio syndicate shows um and he he dialed in before we hit record i just want to just play this clip here
3: hey uh, 70 millimeter pod this is dale underscore a calling about this week's episode
0: i just want to pause it here i haven't listened to this either
3: (laughs) i'm uh, actually calling from my bathroom because i find it's it's nice to uh I come home and I have so much that I have to do that if I have to poop, I got to hold it till the end because I use it as like a reward system. Because if I just poop when I get in the house, everybody's going to be mad at me and then I'll get nothing else done. So I got to hold it in for a couple hours and this is the quiet time I have. And you guys been pumping up this episode for a couple weeks now. You know, I've been listening and listening, and uh, finally, the episode about the abyss, and for all this pumping up you've been doing, and uh, the abyss is a movie that I can always remember sitting with my dad, and my dad watching, and me being bored out of my mind with it. And um, I remember like certain scenes and special effects, and I remember the special effects were probably groundbreaking at the time. I should probably go back and watch it because I haven't really seen it. And yet here I am calling from the bathroom <laughs> about it. And uh, I've trusted my dad since then on other um, movies. So maybe I'll go back and watch The Abyss when it is available because right now it's only available on HBO Go and HBO's other streaming properties. But, you know, with a cast, Like Milk Money's Ed Harris (laughs) and the Lady Marion herself. Uh, Really, Jim Cameron at the helm. Uh, You probably can't go wrong with such a cast. And I look forward to uh, hearing about your thoughts on The Abyss. And I love you guys. And I'm finally glad um, to finally been able to call in after all this time. I love you. Love you. Bye.
2: (laughs) Dude, a, a poop reward system. That's a brilliant idea. Yeah. He brings up the uh,
1: the CG and the uh, that's the one thing I found myself thinking. I feel like one thing James Cameron did well was it. This still felt timeless, like it still felt like it's something could be made today, and maybe a little bit touching up with you know the uh, water mm-hmm. tentacle thing, but the props and the uh, the way it was filmed still holds up quite well.
0: Yeah, I've always loved his set pieces no matter what yeah. movie it is, they're always gorgeous and timeless. Like when I first rode a uh, flight of passage and mm. that queue area where you're in essentially the buildings that the military and that company yeah. were using, it felt like you're on a movie set. That was like the first thing you see. And I loved it. So hopefully, hopefully Dale finds time, you know, maybe in future episodes to drop us a line uh, or anyone that so chooses. What a delight to hear him while he's yeah. popping a squat. <clears throat> I think my letterbox. I gave it a
1: four and a half stars, mm. and I think I. I think that's a little high. I think I do sit solid out of four, though. I really enjoyed this film. It was long. That's my complaint for sure, and maybe a little bit uh, too much women hate, but uh, the bitching and the, the slapping mm-hmm.
0: was a little rough. The pantyhose comments.
1: The pantyhose, yeah. yeah. Um, but I did love this movie, and I I, I want to watch it again, maybe the theatrical cut, and see if
2: I think anything different.
0: Proto, what's Proto, What's your Letterboxed uh, star rating? That'd yeah, I haven't
2: written my review yet, but I'm gonna give this uh, four stars. Um, it's wow! It's a it's a fun movie, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. it it's just like, and it's when you see what's going on, it feels so real, so authentic because it is like, they're all underwater doing this stuff. It's just the production value and just, you're just seeing things that like are wild and exciting. And I mean, some Mm -hmm. of it is, I I feel like maybe like the alien puppets is the only thing where I was like, just didn't look too sharp. Um, But other than that, like everything holds up really well. Um, So like that level I enjoyed it, but yeah, I mean, the writing could really be tightened up. Um, Yeah. There's just like some weird things he does with, you know, the characters and their lines. And I actually wondered if, is this like the beginning of like the, uh, uh, having like a redneck crew save the world, like the same way that Armageddon, you know, has that maybe, Uh, I don't know if this is the first to do it, but, um, it, it feels pretty early on, like 1989. Um and that there was a, a few other things that I want to mention. I thought that, that I just thought were funny. Like the uh the amount of eavesdropping that goes on in this movie. Um <laughs> like over the comms. Yeah, like you're in a you're <laughs> you're you're at the bottom of the ocean does every single room need to be recorded and then also be feeding audio back to like a control center Like there's just this one scene yeah. where they're like oh look, look what he said like let's rewind it and we can listen to this perfect perfect crystal clear audio of everything he said I was like <laughs> like really like that's that's what you're gonna do um but i think that's just kind of like james cameron likes that kind of stuff so he like, mm. you know, yeah. he has it in his movies. Um, but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. It's uh, it's so long, though. Like, it's like, yeah, maybe I'll watch it in another 15 years when I forget everything <laughs> about it.
0: <laughs> I will say it's funny to me that I trumped up the fact that we never agree on a movie in history. And I'm mm. also going to give it four stars. So <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> recording, For our pilot like, episode, like we agree. That's amazing. I will, to Proto, your credit, um, the audio recording, what are the chances that they can communicate with Ed as he's like, how many thousand feet underwater, crystal clear? Oh, 30,000? (laughs) 30,000 feet, he can hear them perfectly. I don't understand what kind of technology they're using at that point, but maybe it's real, I don't know.
2: Oh, another thing about that, is is uh, the, the aliens,
1: <laughs> we didn't even talk about that scene where he had descended into the abyss. no, he didn't.
2: Oh, <laughs> with the aliens, are like, he's like, What well, you know, like, why would you like kill us all? And then they show like all of the crimes of humanity over the mm-hmm. years, and and he's like, Well, you know, like, is there anything I can do? Or I forget what he says, but then they show the lines that he wrote to Lindsay. Uh, where he said, like, I love you forever or whatever. And it's like, all right, so you just watched our species murder each other for, like, a hundred years. Like, you have all these records. But this one dude just typed out I love you to this woman he's getting divorced, you know, divorced with. And that, like, changed their mind. <laughs> like, it just is like, really? <laughs> it just seems so goofy. It's like, James, like, you could, you, you want to run this by somebody else? Like, I don't know. This doesn't really fly for me, but...
0: <laughs> Listen, they're alien <laughs> beings. their Their brains think differently. They're little Twizzler hands. Remember, they brought they held his hand with their little like oh, purple yeah. <laughs> Twizzler fingers. <laughs> Three Twizzlers. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, all good points. Uh, all right. So next episode, tentatively. So we have this list of movies we're thinking about doing. Mm. Uh, we haven't really ironed it out, but. Uh, we were thinking about our, our first official non-pilot episode being a uh, good time potentially mm. by those saf—is it the Safties? Yep. S- Safties. that? Yeah,
1: What do you think? Was this right before Uncut Gems?
0: This is, I think, the movie right before that. Yeah. Wow. And our dear friend Catcher, uh, who is probably going to appear on a episode of the future, is he's been recommending this movie for a long time to mm. us.
1: Yeah, it's sitting on all of our top threes. I think it's going to
0: happen. I mean, we have a quite a list here. I, there's probably going to be something that gets added in last minute, but like some of the potential movies, Mortal Engines.
2: Ever heard of it? Oh. Ever
0: heard of it? <laughs> uh, Horse Girl trailer we just saw coming to Netflix in a few oh, weeks. man. Oh, my God. That movie looks so good. I want Portrait in. of a Lady on Fire. Um, yes, one of the highest rated I think it's like number 2 rated movie on Letterboxd mm. um Crash David Cronenberg Oh my god what was the phrase <laughs> what was the phrase in that movie description it was like raw sexual healing or something like <laughs> yeah. that oh my god I was so confused Rogue One I really want to rewatch I was trying to be there for Danny was one. kind of scared I told him that my tweets describing my feelings during that movie have long since been automated and deleted from the internet. Um, Bless. Dune. Start anew. 1984.
1: Ever heard
0: heard of David Lynch? Mm. Ever seen his hair? (laughs) Can you imagine David Lynch's hair on Danny's body right now with that beard? (gasps) Ooh is that what I'm doing next? <laughs> Am I growing it out? Grow it out? I couldn't if I tried
1: <laughs> Let's be real.
0: Maybe by the time this post we'll have had some kind of like amazing intro music prepared for yes. this episode. I'm not sure we're working on it hard. We got a producer, our producer Ian. he's composing it as we speak. I think he's in the studio.
2: Did we talk about letterbox i I think we mentioned it,
0: but we should we should talk about talk more about letterbox
2: I mean we ugh. We love Letterbox. Mm, it yeah. had, what it has done for my life—it's um, really incalculable. Like there, there's so much content, so much uh, interaction with those that I love going on mm. on there. Think of social media, but throw out ninety-five percent of it—that's garbage. You have Letterbox. Yeah. You keep a diary of your movies. Yeah. Get on there with some friends. I have become like. Um, a uh an, an evangelist for Letterbox. I want everybody mm, on there. Yeah. You need to be recording what you watch. It's a legacy for your children, for your grandchildren. <laughs> Get it out there.
0: I do like their their one of their slogans is your life in film. And mm. I I've I've been using Letterbox for a long time and seeing like our group so we have like a group of our friends on on a Slack where we talk all day long and seeing like more than just like a few of us i think like all of us are on letterbox now and not only that but like a lot of us or most of us are paying letterbox like there's Mm. a pro tier there's a patron tier so we're not just like using this you can use it for free but we also want to support the people at letterboxd um Mm. i mean it's just honestly one of the best designed social media sites out there It doesn't feel like social media. It's just like you and your friends keeping almost like essentially a diary of the movies you watch and your ratings and your reviews, and you can comment on them. Um, Yeah. And
1: use it against each other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which we have on occasion, uh, screenshotting people's ratings for movies, Mm. replying with that screenshot to them, to that person. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go
1: on right now. And update my abyss to a four. Yeah. Has, so we're all we're all together
0: now. Proto, you haven't seen? Have you seen 1917 yet?
2: I have not.
0: <sighs>
2: oh. Should I go right now? Oh, There's probably it's an 11th, probably right. We've
0: never had a movie in our group as highly rated as 1917. Oh. I don't think so many I 5 could, star reviews
2: our group was thinking about that movie was going right to like now. pass over this movie no one was going to see it we were like yeah, let's just mm-hmm. let's just you know wait for you know it hits netflix we'll just wait it out yeah. but then you know the dominoes started falling and it has changed the story has changed and i need to get out yeah. there because i feel i want to get involved i want to get out there i need you
0: involved mm-hmm. i need you yeah, involved we, asap. days up that wall What if? Let's just say Proto doesn't give his usual three-star review. Let's say he Mm -hmm. gives it a fiver. Yeah. Do we? Do we kind of uh, call an audible? Get back in the studio. We we fire up the mics right away. Do we fire up the mics as he's driving home from the theater?
1: (laughs) Wow. We can Can do do a hot drop. Needs to be done. (laughs) Yeah. Seventy millimeter hot
0: drop. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's what the people want. Okay. We're hovering around the hour mark. What an amazing Beautiful. Uh, pilot episode. Hope, as we said before, there's I don't think there's any movie podcast out there, let alone mm-hmm. one that is is fueled by love of Letterboxd. You know, call us, a, leave us a voicemail for next week. Tentatively good time. Um, shoot us an email. Hit us up on social media. Follow us on Letterboxd. Actually, before you even hit us up on social media, join Letterboxd. Let's be, let's be friends on letterboxd
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you do want to watch yeah. good time i know it is available on amazon prime for streaming perfect so it's out oh, there
0: you know what though the one thing i forgot i was going to mention it would have been really funny if we started this podcast but we only watch movies on vhs oh lord <laughs> have mercy go watch some movies join letterboxd thanks for listening goodbye